of Life podcast. I am your host today, Robbins Exume, the Exume brothers, all in the house. We have John, we have Nate, we got Omar, we got Ozzy, we got Lennon, full house, ready to talk about things that are important to you and, and to us as we are a community. So we talked about the coronavirus uh, and of course the pandemic and how it has affected us in our schools, our church, and in our lifestyle. Uh, last week, this week, we want to talk about something that we've seen in the news. We've seen, uh, you know, CNN and other news outlets pertaining to the removal of Confederate statues as a part of the movement towards racial equality and social justice for all in this country. It's a, uh, you know, caught a lot of attention. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions on what the removal of the Confederate statues uh, means and its significance. And we also have another uh, topic today talking about Jesus. So for us to get started, okay, once again, we got a full house. I want to throw out to the panel the first question, and I want to come to Nate. So Nate, the first question that I have pertaining to our discussion tonight is, what are your thoughts on the removal of Confederate statues and do you think this solves a problem or brings about a solution to the issues we have in this country pertaining to systemic racism? Um, this is Nate. How are you guys doing this evening? I believe that it is not going to change anything. Um, and I say that because, um, I say that because, for instance, are we going to remove, um, are, are we, if we start removing the, the statues, which they're ready to start anyway, moving the statues, um, moving names, uh, like the rescues and all that stuff, then are we going to remove what happened in history? Are we going to remove the Confederate soldiers in our history books? Are we going to now start, like I know, um, the Tom Sawyer book, I believe, that has the N-word in it, so it's banned from being out there, but um, to, to, what we got to do it really is to understand that we have to, the, his, the, the history is always going to be there, whether you like it or not. And by removing all this stuff, I think you could put all the stuff in, um, in a bunch of museums, because at the museum you can see hey, this happened in this day, in this history, instead of putting out in the public to where it's out in the parks or a, a name of a street if it's named after somebody. Um, we didn't even know. I mean, I did my research earlier today, but we didn't even know that um, Robert um, E. Lee and his wife, um, their home was the Arlington National Cemetery, which is now, I mean, before the Civil War. But no one, you know, did their research to find that out or anything of that matter. Um, I also believe that um, we can, uh, we as, I would say, I would say African-Americans um, know what happened in history. We do our research to understand what happened to us back in the day um, and what is currently happening to us now um, in the day and age. And we must not forget what happened. I think the removing of his statues is... Uh, I think it's too big of a deal. I think it, like I said earlier, it's not going to change anything in history. What we need to do is to understand what happened in history and what's happening now, find ways to fix it, and move forward with our lives. So would you say, would you say, like, removing the statues is basically meaningless because it doesn't erase the history that got these statues built in the first place? Is that the kind of, is that the uh, stand you're taking on that? Perspective? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, about like I said earlier, like I would put them in museums to remind people that this is this happened. Um, that this bad thing happened this day, this time, whatever, and it should not happen again. Um, but you want your kids to know the history. You, I mean, you don't want your kids to know what happened, True. so they can, you know, because like like. A lot of things, like currently now, like you have a child on the way, and maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 years after the birth, 
you might want to say, hey, or you might want to have that speech earlier with them to speak about what has happened um, before they were out in this world. Um, and it's just that many of the men fought in these wars back in the day. Um, and we can't forget these people. We can't just throw them out, you know, in the trash. Okay, you know what? We're done with all this stuff. Forget about it. But a lot of these things were very important back then that made certain things happen now or started to make changes in this world today. Okay. Okay. And I guess much more of the line you're saying, those who do not know history are bound to repeat it. If we don't acknowledge the fact that these were guys that, you know, were pillars in, you know, in some parts of the country and were guys who were celebrated, if we don't acknowledge that, then we tend to kind of fall back into the same kind of situation that we had before. Right. Because like a lot of, like even when you're speaking to someone and you don't know that you're wrong and they're not telling you that and, and they're not actually telling you that you're wrong. So you okay. keep on doing it. It okay. reminds me of, and I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of off topic, but it reminds me of a male being on a woman and she's not doing anything. She's accepting it. She's allowing the habit. She's not telling anybody. It's continually going going on every single day. She gets beaten, and she's still cooking up dinner. She's still doing his laundry. She's still doing all the stuff that she would have done if he wasn't beating her. So maybe he came from a, a history, a, a, a family history, to where his dad beat his mom, and vice and or vice versa. And it's in this family. Everybody in family is beating each other up. So. He's like, his excuse is going to be like, I didn't know it was wrong. No one told me because I've been dealing with this all my life. Okay. So if you, so that's how I kind of look at it in that kind of aspect. Okay. That's, uh, in, that's an interesting analogy using the, the, uh, the domestic violence angle. But I definitely see uh, in terms of understanding that if we do not acknowledge this part of our history, regardless of how it makes us look, whether it makes America look good as a country, whether it makes America look bad, as a country, just acknowledging it and understanding this is where we came from. I can definitely see your point there. So, uh, Omar, Pastor, you any you know rebuttal or your thoughts on what uh, we just talked about pertaining to the statues? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm going after Nate today. So, you know, with his comment about uh, removing the the statue is doesn't do anything. I think I think it's a start to something. And number two, these individuals don't need statues. You know, we can talk about them. They can still be in the textbooks. They still, we still need the education of these individuals of what happened in the past because that, that's how we're going to learn and not fall into the same cycle that we've done before. That's very important, very crucial. Should, there be, should, they, should their information be in museums? Absolutely. But they don't have to be statues on the Capitol or where black or African-American people, I don't mean to be like they use the term African-American, but but, but people of darker uh, pigmentation are walking towards the Capitol, and they're reminded daily regarding these type of, of individuals that have haunted them in the back, in, in the past. So what I would say is they don't need statues. Statues are typically for those who are victors, those who have really accomplished a lot. Uh, and, and I would argue that we don't need statues for these type of individuals in our society. Are they okay. part of history? Yes, but mm -hmm. they don't need statues. I got you. I can definitely um, get what you're uh, coming from. Now, Ozzy, I want to go with Ozzy. Ozzy, you are, of course, you know, you, you're the youngest one of also. Uh, you're probably closer in terms of age to a lot of the people who are out there protesting. Let's say older people are not protesting, but for the most part, when you see the people protesting, um, they're a lot younger. So I got to question for you pertaining to your thoughts one on the situation we're talking about the removal of the confederate statues and in addition to that why do you think a movement of this magnitude has taken so long because in the case of, of some of these statues they've been up for over a hundred years so talk about one your thoughts if you want to give your thoughts on what you know we're seeing with the statue removal now and then two you know do you have an issue or maybe you don't Pertaining to how long it took for us to kind of take action in, in this matter. Yeah. So first, so first off, um, Nate, I disagree with what you said. Well, I don't totally, you know, disagree. But um, the so to your first question, 
it is absolutely important and you can't um, undermine the importance of the tearing down of these statues in today's world. And the, and the reason why I say that is for this reason. America seems to be one of those countries. I don't know how many countries across the world do this, but I don't remember countries who glorify traitors and people who did things wrong. I don't see a Germany with a statue of Adolf Hitler every day saying, man, what a great guy. Man, he deserved the statue. And the reason why is because he killed millions of Jews or was responsible, and he was he put his country through wars that, that they lost, that, that many that millions of people died from. And then you look at here in America, the Confederacy lost the Civil War. They literally lost the Civil War. They were in the wrong and lost the Civil War. And we're sitting here and we're putting up statues commemorating them and memorializing them. Why? When do we memorialize traitors? They were against what the United States was supposed to, well, what, what they should stand for. So having them up here today, having Stone, Stonewall Jackson and, and some of these other guys that were leaders and, and you know, uh, big, just, just big time figureheads for, for the Confederacy at this time, having them up here today just reminds us of the crap they did they did in the past where they were forced slavery where they were for the the uh, inequality of, of of people of color and we don't want that to be memorialized on our streets on our state capitals now look i do believe i agree with nate in this fact they should be in museums and they should be in our students textbooks because they do need to learn about it but let me ask you a question rob did we learn about the massacre in Tulsa in school? Uh, I would have to say no. Did we learn about Juneteenth in school? I nope. would also have to respond. So we're, so we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about, oh, Nate said, oh, we need to, they need to remember this stuff, remember this, this stuff. When they're choosing, the education system is choosing to not remember things that happened to other to people of color and not remember things that happened that were wrong. We we look at the, the Confederate as just well they had two they had a different thought process from 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 the other side. And so no, they were traitors. They were terrible people. Like they like they, like they wanted slavery and we fought and the Civil War be, became a big step in us, you know, abolishing um slavery but but at the same time we don't need them on statues and tearing them down is a good is a good step to say no we do not memorialize racism we do not memorialize the the figurehead the people that wanted slavery yes this might this might not be a good this this might not be a comfortable thought for old heads who who think oh it's well it's history you can't erase history you okay. do not you i don't want you to erase history i don't want that but I okay. want you to understand that if it's good history, history that you want, history that you're proud of, then you memorialize it and you show it off. You don't show off with, as a human being, you don't show off your wrongs. You show off your rights. So as okay. a country, we don't memorialize our wrongs with figureheads of the Confederacy and then we don't have that, that same energy for the folks that did it right. And so I think it's very important that we really, we usher in a time where it is okay, it is okay to not have bad people memorialized. That, sh that, should, that should be a norm. So the, so the people are pitching a fit about, all oh, they're tearing down history, all oh, they're tearing down our stuff. Let's be honest, sit down and think about when you say they're tearing down our history. What good history are they tearing down? Explain to me what good history is being torn down. Oh, explain to me what major positive person that, that was great for the United States and the progression of this country. Please tell me the person that they tore down from the Confederacy that was, that was for that. So I feel like, yes, you don't have to forget them. No, because they should be remembered in the sense of textbook and museum for learning for learning. Uh, purposes, but they shouldn't be here on statues standing big and tall and strong and and con concreted for us to say, man, look at that statue of that, what, ter terrible person? 
So that's one way. Then to your second question about why it took so long, I really do believe that prior generations were picking their battles. When, when, when they were talking about you know, the civil rights movement, they weren't going to be preoccupied with, with statues. That wasn't the fight that, that they worried about. They were working on equality, social justice. There was a movement for, to end mass, mass incarceration. There was, a, there was a movement for voting, for women rights, and all that stuff. We've come into a time where some, where some of the stuff that they fought in the 60s, while they're still happening on maybe a different type of level, they've been addressed. Okay, so at so at this point, we're marching the streets. You're, and I say we, I personally have not marched since, but people are marching the streets, and they're and they're out there. And the thing that is jogging their memory is they're around my age. I'm 27. They're in their 20s, early 30s. Some of them are teens. They're marching the streets, and when they're marching the streets, they look up and see a statue of people, and they're thinking, "Wait, were these guys racist? Were these guys slave owners?" Were, were these guys people that did not want black people to to amount to anything but slavery? Were these the people that wanted black people to not be counted as a whole person that used um, that that used that sold women that that sold parents from their kids that um, assaulted males? Um, I mean, either sexually or physically, um, that did all this stuff. Were these the same people that wanted that? So why don't we do this country a favor and take down the pillar of racism, take down the pillar of oppression, take down the thought process of, of those things in the memorialization of a statue? Because that's because what, what people, if you really sit down and think about it, you're memorializing oppression, you're memorializing slavery, you're, you're memorializing all the bad stuff, the bucking of grown men back then by slave owners, by not counting black people as a whole person, by uh, assaulting young girls and young boys and and women and men, selling kids off for cheap, um, working people for next to no labor, abusing them, not educating them. And so you're memorializing that. And so I think they felt that energy. And now there, there's a movement to tear that stuff down because yes, I, we should learn. I'm happy I learned it because knowledge, knowledge is power. Knowledge is understanding. But, if you, but just to look out and see it, when my when when my daughter, we're walking around and we see a Confederate statue, and she says, "Daddy, why does that person have a statue?" <laughs> what am I gonna say? Well, well, hun, this this man, this great man. Um, didn't think that you were a whole whole person. If you were born back then, they would have probably raped and probably assaulted you and probably sold you. Hmm. Is that what we want? So That's deep. That's I, I, deep. Think there's, I think they're seeing it. I think it enrages them. And I think it's something that they are tearing down as sim- symbolism that we, that we will not stand for that stuff anymore. And it's more than just a, a march. That was the physical tearing down of the thought process and ideologies of that time and people, and I think that's vital. All right, Ozzy. All right, Ozzy looks sounding like he's running for office in South Carolina. <laughs> uh, Nate, uh, your thoughts, um, you know, because they kind of came at you there a little bit in terms of his stance. Just uh, any thoughts that you have pertaining to what um, Ozzy talked about? Um, yeah, he's emotional, and that's the issue. Oh, wow. When it comes to history, Whoa. <laughs> and, I, and I understand this. When it comes to history, emotions shouldn't be a factor. We shouldn't judge history with emotions and or being politically or being politically correct. We should like actually judge our history um correctly by not repeating mistakes in the past. And my question for us or anybody for that matter is is actually why did all of these statues and street names and parks and buildings and monuments become so offensive that they must be torn down or renamed? Like, like out of all these years, now you want to do this stuff? Oh, the rescue's name needs to be changed. We didn't take this statue down. Um, Six Flags, I think in Texas, took down all their flags except for the Stars and Stripes. 
all the, and, it was, and, and it was up at Six Flags in Texas since like 1961 or whatever, or probably um, before that. So we've been all this stuff. Why? Like, well, Nate, when do we sorry. When do we get the when do we get these alerts to say, hey, now it's time to take these down because now um, something is wrong. Like, are the people that's that's I guess the the racial people are they are the statues give them extra power to do what they're doing to us the, the, the police or whatever absolutely not it's them by themselves they're not running to a statue and be like oh no, 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 statue and then they get all the superpowers and start killing people so we just now started in 2020 we are i think i think earlier too last year or so that we are now tearing down statues and stuff because of what? Nate, let me ask you this, okay? And I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say something quickly about the Redskins one because the Redskin the the term Redskin is used is seen as a slur. So would it be okay to have a team called the 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 Washington the N word? No, that's a racial slur. So the Redskin itself, it's called it should have never been okay. But now, if the Washington Redskins get are in dialogue with maybe a tribe or a division of the Native Americans, and they and they okay it, then we should have a problem with it. But if that never happened, that's an issue, Be, because you don't see—I don't want to say the real, the real, the N word on here, but that's not okay. Like, would, like, would it be okay to have the New York Negroes in the NFL? No, it's not okay. That's not okay. So how long okay. would it? So. So how long have the rest been the rest of All right, Nate. That, but that's so not. That, 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 that's not the, the point. It's ju- so just, I mean, ju- it's, just because, just because it's it's today that is chosen to be seen as wrong never made it right. It's just now the person came along that said enough's enough, affected enough change. Maybe the people in the past weren't triggered enough to to uh, change it, but now somebody's triggered enough to say maybe the climate has now made it to something that has triggered it to, to change. But but my question for you, Nate, is we're talking about just the statues here. Hey, sh- should should we be memorializing the wrong the wrong in our history? It's fine in our textbooks. It's fine in the museum. Should we put statues up of people that were traitors that did wrong? I'm confused. So we are refighting civil war? What are we doing? No, we're just we're just not, we're just not memorializing the that, 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 That's all. Refighting civil war is what you're talking about. No, we're, we're not. We're not. So, so let me chime in on this too for a little bit because uh, what I'm hearing a little bit uh, uh, is that there is uh, that that the history is changed because of a statue. The the statue doesn't make history. It doesn't it doesn't change history. All it does, what a statue does, is make people remember that time. Why would a black man want to be constantly reminded of a negative experience that they have encountered in their past? Why? Statues should go. They don't need the statues. Now, the history remains. We can't get rid of that. Those, as Ozzy already pointed out, can still be taught. We still need that education. We still need to understand the history. But the mere fact that we tie statues to history is a myth and is a misdiagnosis of the situation. We got to understand that, that in order for us to move forward in life, even if, even if we decide to, to take, get rid of the statues, get rid of them. It doesn't fix the issue, but it helps us move forward. That's one step of you know, eradicating this racism type of mindset out of the country. Okay. And, and uh, I think I think that that is helpful. And I think what Ozzy is saying, even though he's very emotional about it, about it, very passionate, I should say, about it, it makes sense. The statue should go. History can remain. But it got to be taught in a way that exudes exactly what it is. Exactly the real fight. And y'all going to stop calling me emotional now, all right? All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. So we're going to give Ozzy a Xanax winner. Uh, come back to him in a second. But these are good points you're making pertaining to the, the removal of the statues and really what emotions uh, it kind of elicits. Because for some people, they see it as a historical. This is our historical documentation or historical 
remembrance of the, of who we are as a of who we were, really who we are as a country, but just kind of where that mindset kind of started. But I want to talk to John for a second, and I want to ask pertaining to these uh, removal of the uh, statues. Of course, the statue removal is you know the statues being removed are because they represent our racist past, which is still our racist present. But do you believe, by the removal of these statues, that it is almost kind of moving the focus away from what we really want, which is an end to systemic racism and putting it on these symbols? Does it distract from the message to focus on the statues as opposed to really focusing on what we really need, and that's a change in the system that has put white folks over everybody else? Your thoughts? Brothers and sisters that are listening, I want to definitely answer this question. So um, to, to that point, yes, I, I do feel that to an extent it is a distraction because right now the temperature of this country is very hot and black people want to see action. So we've reached a point right now where we're tired of the talking we're tired of hearing, um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll do this. We'll get to that. And so that's why the statue thing has been so big is because it's something being done. Now, again, it is distracting to me and me looking at everything holistically and looking at what actually needs to change. Um, to me, the taking down of the statues, and some people may disagree with me on this, um, it's partly a distraction because the real change that needs to happen is these police departments, and not only the police departments, the people that are in charge of these departments, that's what needs to change. How this country treats minorities as, as a whole um, in terms of housing, in, in, in terms of services, all of that needs to change. The police are one issue, but there is a, there is a multitude of issues that need to change. And the one thing that I'm happy, that I'm proud about is that the energy of pushing for change hasn't slowed down. You know, George Floyd died, what now, um, almost a month ago? over a month ago since his passing. And here we are where we're still, where the foot is still on the gas. And so I do agree to an extent that a lot of these statues need to be taken down, but I think they're being taken down now as something to sort of soothe the, soothe the energy of the people and say, here, oh, something is happening. Um, and it's not really getting to the root cause or, or the actual solution of the problem. Um, I did want to bring up a point that was discussed earlier real, real quick about the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins changing of their name, this, this isn't the first time that has come up. It has come up multiple times before. It was ignored before what has happened is because the black movement is pushing for change it's now everything that was ignored before is now people are throwing it into the pot well remember this got ignored before let's throw it in the pot well remember the redskins had you remember the indians had asked for the redskins name to be changed let's throw it let's throw it in the pot the reason why now it's being serious is because a lot of the companies, FedEx, which owns, um, which owns, which has the naming rights to the stadium and all that, a lot of the companies that feed money into the Redskins are telling the owner, "You need to change the name." Now, before when the screaming happened, before um, it was some noise for a little bit, and then it went away. But now, because of this movement, because of this energy that's around where people want to see change, now it's coming to the forefront. And 
Also, you have to get up and understand, if it's something that affects money, things will change. Daniel Slider could lose $620 million. So, yes, he's obliged now to make a change. If, if the people who hold the money decide to pull their money, well, yeah, you're going to get changed. But, you know, to kind of circle back to what you had asked earlier, um, the statues is just something to appease the people for now. Um, but there needs, there needs to be a stronger push, I believe, into taking the, the, the very systems that are established right now uh-huh. and break them down. I got you. I mean, that, I think that's a very, very good point because, of course, you can see the reasoning behind uh, the taking down the statues because of what they symbolize. And right. the, that's the, the symbolic nature or the symbolic you know, uh, action of ripping down the statue. It doesn't change history, but it shows that there are people now who are willing to challenge the status quo mm-hmm. and are willing to, you know, effect change in order to bring that, you know, uh, that ch- that status change that needs to occur in America's history. So I'm gonna wait. Go to Rob, Rob, go ahead. Rob, before you before you leave that, um, also let's not forget the, the Redskins, the whole Mount Rushmore um, argument. The Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, that land was sacred land given to the Indians, and the land was taken from them 79 years ago and Mount Rushmore was built. And now, and now, as you see, because the energy in making change is happening, the Indian, our Indian brothers and sisters, not only want the Redskins, Washington Redskins name change, they also want Mount Rushmore taken down. Because why? Two of the presidents on Mount Rushmore own slaves. <laughs> So again, the energy, yeah. yeah, the energy in terms of 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 removing, um, I, I just think it's just something that's passive right now, but is is in a sense what's sort of satisfying the people right now. Okay, okay. I can see where you're, you're coming from with that. Uh, I wanted to go over to Lenny uh, real quick, and we talked about. You know, whether or not you agree with taking down the statue. We talk, talked about whether or not it's a distraction. Lenny, I want to come to you and I want to ask you, based you know, solely on your opinion, is it necessary to take the statues down in order for us to reach the goal that we want to reach, which is bringing about the end of a system that systemically places white folks over everybody else? Do we have to take the statue down in order for us to get to that level where we start seeing that change your opinion to me they're just they're just covering up a bigger issue they're trying to help uh if we take these down uh, they they will calm down maybe they will uh just just calm down and 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 move on but it's just a part it's another part of the problem it's another part of the problem they put that in in, in on the on us to put it on the streets people to see like I just said to to for people to see, and when Omar said also to for let people see the what happened, the bad things that happened, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to see that. And nobody wants to deal with it. And um, I think it's it's good that they're taking them down, um, and it should continue taking them down. Um, but to me, it's it's just covering up an issue, a bigger issue that um, soon they they will. Uh, is going to uprise and start something something that's going to happen. So you would say eradication without education is pretty much going to leave us in the same situation just with a bunch of holes in a whole bunch of parks yeah. where the statues were before. Exactly. Okay, okay I can see that. Of course, we need to be How about this? educated. How about this? Okay, let's, let, instead of them tearing down, they tear down some, I'll put somebody else who did something. Okay, so replace them with Somebody who did something for the country, who really did something for this country, that did something good for the country, um, that helped people, that like like uh, I can't think of any names right now, but um, somebody who did something great, who from Booker T. Washington, even now, even now, like put somebody yeah. who's been who, who, did, who, who did something great, like Maya Angelou, she she was a, a huge uh, impact in 
in, in, in this in this country. Well, not really country, but black community. But put yeah, like I would that. agree. Put okay, like that. So like, like Oprah, you know, you put Oprah on it. Oprah, Oprah did something for the community for the black community. This is something like that. You know, she did something. Oprah ain't did yet. <laughs> <laughs> Did something for the country, not just for Black America, but okay. the country um, altogether. Who did something? Um, I would put a, a, a statue of. <laughs> There's a lot of sta- I, I can't think of any right now, but put put somebody there. Put somebody. Don't replace it. Don't take it down, and then leave it empty space. Put something there to help. Bring um, uh, stuff together. I mean, yeah, a Jordan statue could could be good. Jordan statue would be great, but he's more NBA and stuff like that. You don't really need Jordan it. already got a statue, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, he got a statue. Mike got a statue. Dude, put a, a LeBron James. He's doing a lot of stuff. Put him, put him in there. All right. So, so pertaining to these statues, we've, I think we've done a really good uh, job of talking about our feelings on how we feel about the statues, how we feel about the removal, how we feel about the historical importance and historical significance of these statues, what they represent, the symbols that they have, you know, showed not only, you know, black America, but America in terms of our racist past. And the main thing is they are symbols of America's racist history, which has led to our racist present. And unfortunately it's probably going to lead to a racist future. Now understand this. Okay. Um, when we're talking about uh, race and we're talking about symbols, okay, we're going to do a little transition. We're not talking about statues, but of course, one of our pillars in our uh, podcast is faith. And we want to talk about a very important topic because now everything is kind of being called into question. All the depictions of race and depictions of ethnicity, depictions of, you know, who's white, who's black, and the significance of those things. We're going to talk about. Jesus, okay? Now, mm. Jesus, to some people, is just a dude who came on the earth, shook some stuff up, made some really nice poems, and then just died, and people say he may or may not have uh, rose again. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I, I believe that he's the son of God, and I'm not going to uh, say anything else on that. I believe that he's, he, he's the son of God. I believe that he died and, and rose again. Now, pertaining to uh, Jesus, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to our pastor first. And then after that, I'm going to have Ozzy kind of take over this conversation a little bit to kind of direct this conversation pertaining to whether or not it's significant that Jesus be depicted as a white or a black person. So to our pastor first, is it important or why do you feel that some people feel it's important? Because it may not be important to you. It's not important to me. But why do you feel that people are so focused on Jesus' skin color, his ethnicity? Talk about that a little bit and how that is affecting, of course, how people view Jesus overall. Man, man, man. Y'all trying to get me in trouble right now. All right. Good topic. Good topic. Um, One of the important aspects of all of this is really understanding Jesus and what the Bible speaks about. You know, the scripture that they kind of quote um, right now, there's across the globe, you see this Rome depiction of Jesus as white. Um. And, and and now we have black people are saying no, he's black. And and this is all based off of scripture in the book of Revelations that says that he had the feet of rocks, he had hair like a wolf. And so we're basing all of these to say, oh, he was black, um, or we're saying no, he was white. You know the the argument about this from a Christian perspective, a person who who is seeking God and the presence of God, uh, the color of Jesus doesn't matter. And secondly, uh, the issue that we are seeing is that 
mankind is trying to make uh, Jesus or trying to make Jesus identify with them. Uh, like the white, white, our Caucasian brothers and sisters are, are, are trying to push Jesus to identify with them. Our black folks are saying Jesus should identify with them. When in all we turn according to scripture, we should be the one identifying with him. What I mean by that is, you know, he didn't come and do all of this, come down and, and save mankind, die on the cross for our sins and, and for all the, the shame that we brought upon the earth. It, it, he didn't come down for all of that for us to, for us to say, hey, Jesus, you're, you're, you're like one of us. No, he came to change the course of history so that we can have an opportunity to identify with him, the son of God, the living God. And so I think the argument is misconstrued. I think it's a big distraction. And it has nothing to do with faith. In fact, those people who are really arguing the color of Jesus, I can argue with you that many of them don't have a solid relationship. Many of them are not even part of the faith. They're just having a discussion, all because it's about the skin color of an individual. Mm. And so I, I, I'm sharing that. And I'm sharing that for multiple ways. I've seen this in in social media where there's a man who is ministering, who is preaching the gospel and there's people that are just belittling him and saying a lot of comments. And then when you go to their page, there is nothing about God. They have no church they go to. They're just doing whatever they're doing. So, so in this world, we're adding a lot of distractions. We're adding a lot of issues. We're adding a lot of things that doesn't need to be there. So to answer your question, Rob, um, the color of the skin has nothing to do with our issue of of uh, our police brutality or the systematic racism that we're uh, following in this earth. The problem that we see with the skin color of Jesus is that there is an issue with who we are trying to identify with. Mm. Are we identifying with Christ and the way that he lived? Are we identifying with Christ in the way, in the manner of which he, he composed himself, his behavior, his attitude, his belief, though his walk? Are we are we trying to identify with that? Or are we trying to identify with the materialistic thing called skin? Okay, so you say that by Jesus not being black, does that mean that would that affect, you know, him either liking fried chicken or collard greens, or would he be more of a deviled egg uh, you know, <laughs> ham kind of individual? So uh, 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 According to scripture, right, the Bible depicts him as a Jew. Mm -hmm. A Jew is not white. Mm -hmm. A Jew is like I said, an African-American. Mm -hmm. But a Jew has a, some color on them. So my question first is when you say he has, a, the, the, he has his feet is like bronze, that means he's black. Well, what are we constituting black now? <laughs> is okay. anybody who is not white considered black? Okay. I don't, you know, what is the depiction of what is really black? So, you know, to, to answer that question, I mean, if, if, if Jesus came down on earth to, to, to redeem his church, <laughs> oh, you're black, you, you come along, you're white, you go. No, that's not the way that he maneuvered. And so the skin color, the, the, his, his, his origin came from the family of a Jew. He's a Jew. Was there some colorism? Yes. But at the end of the day, that's not what made him who he was. It was who he is. Who he is. He is God. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, John, your thoughts on what the pastor said pertaining to uh, the depiction of Jesus' race? Um, I want to uh, thank the pastor for his words. Um, but, I, but I have a slight uh, difference of opinion um, on what he said. So... The fundamental problem with um, the talk of Jesus' of Jesus' skin color is because the slave masters, when they wanted to teach blacks about Christianity, because let's not let's not um, <laughs> let's not um, be blind here. Africans in Africa. Christianity was not their um, most dominant um, religion, okay? 
And so when they were brought here and they were brought to this country and then they were taught Christianity, the slave master couldn't put a couldn't showcase Jesus as a black man because if he showcased Jesus as a black man, the black slaves would be then why am I a slave? <laughs> if if the son of God is a black man. So they depicted him as white. The thing, uh, now I do agree with my brother here that it doesn't matter what color Jesus is. But I think the issue that is now is people feel that you presented Jesus to me incorrectly for 400 years. And now it's time to showcase him in terms of what the Bible said. There has been research done by Caucasians that have confirmed with scientific um, discovery and teachings and writings that have confirmed that Jesus was not white. Now, why, why it's become now a big thing where there's been talk about we need to change all the paintings of, of Jesus to be black is because it's because there is a section of the population that identifies power with the with how Jesus looks. And if you now depict Jesus correctly as he was described as in the Bible, then that that'll give a different set of people a feeling of power. The the issue of the color of Jesus, the, all it is is about power. It's about giving the, the other person a feeling of power. And that's what he gave white people is that, hey, he's white, he's powerful, you listen, you obey me. And so that's why we have this issue um, with, with now correctly identifying the color of his skin. But I do agree with the pastor that it, it honestly doesn't really matter. But for some, it does matter because it's now correcting something that was wrong for 400 years. So, so Omar, you've heard Rock, uh, John's thought and what he thought about, kind of like what what you said, but also adding in his own um, thought. So, what so what do you feel like in terms of what John? just said in the topics and points that he made, what do you feel like um, uh, saying at this point? Yeah, so I'm going to be kind to my brother, John. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that's, that, that, there was a phrase when I was growing up, and we're all growing up to this. It says that reading is fundamental. There was a time where in history, the Bible uh, was not, distributed among others, all right? They were not distributed to people. The church, the priests had control of the Bible and they they taught whatever they wanted to teach, all right? A lot of this stuff was just blasphemous stuff, but they taught whatever they wanted to teach. You know, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, 2000s, we now have access to all these Bibles. You can go to the store and buy the Bible all the time, anytime. Bibles are available. Now, regarding history, um, back in Africa, back in, in America, during slavery, they, 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 the, the white slave masters prohibit, prohibited the black slaves to read. Because I think Avi pointed to this comment earlier that knowledge is power, right? And so to be able to, to read and understand the text, that will allow us to be gaining knowledge so that we can move forward. All right. Now that we have access and we can read, and we've been able to read for for some time now. This is something that, to, like, like I said, even though they have portrayed Jesus as white, even though they, they were trying to get this power, they utilized the Bible out of its context, out of its its position, out of its role. They did all of those things, but as soon as we had the ability to read, we did not have to continue to understand the lies that were provided to us. For instance, Jesus is white the, because purity is white, right? That's the phrase that we see a lot and that the white people would use to say, hey, Jesus Christ is white. 
The Bible depicts that purity is whiter than snow. Who on the face of this earth have you seen that is whiter than snow? So, so a lot of the things that we're talking about in terms of the color of skin shows that if we actually read the word of God and try to understand God for who he is with ourselves and not lean on the white man or other men to try to teach us all the time, we will be able to be educated in the way that says, okay, hey guys, this is what we saw, it's not true. But the mere fact, and this is where my problem comes with this picture, is not just saying that, oh, Jesus is not white. That's not, that's not the issue. The issue is not saying Jesus is not black. That's my problem. Because now all we're trying to, to do is identify Jesus with us rather than us identifying with him. And I think that is the ultimate issue. If you want to argue that Jesus Christ is not white, everyone who can read will know Jesus Christ is not white. Point blank. The issue comes now when we depict Jesus as now being black. Because now he, he's not white, he's black. No. There is a process to this whole thing. So anyway, I just wanted to share that uh, I'm, not, I'm not totally against you, John, but I'm just saying that uh, um, the bigger picture of it is because we have the ability to read, the ownership, we got to stop putting the blame on everybody else. The ownership is now on us to understand the word of God and to move forward. Well, thank you, um, Omar, for your thoughts and taking us to a little bit of church tonight. Um, so... I'm going to go to Rob here. I'm going to really go to Rob and Nate here, but Rob first. Um, Rob, so 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 John talk, talked about how it worked a little bit with slavery and slave owners and teaching the, the Christian faith, and Omar kind of had a Bible-based conversation. So Rob and Nate and Rob first, what do you guys think of this thought? If I were to say that, Jesus being depicted as white pushes a system of racial inequality. What would you say to that? Well, I would say that I would certainly agree for the simple fact that the point that John made earlier pertaining to how a white Jesus was brought about during uh, slavery to kind of subdue, to emotionally and spiritually subdue uh, Africans who were brought over to America in order to make them subservient to their slave owners. Okay, because, of course, the idea of Jesus being white means that, in some form or fashion, white people have a superiority over black people or people of any other color besides white. So as long as you, I can tell you that the most powerful of being, the most uh, transformational you know, human being to ever face or to ever grace the earth looks like me, then I have to be somebody that you have to obey. So it basically, it's a way of it's a way of brainwashing, and I think in the reverse, okay, black people saying that Jesus was black is another form of brainwashing. Because understand, whether you're white or black, you can still go to hell. Understand that. Whether or not Jesus, you know, you think Jesus is black, Jesus is white, you can still go to hell. This is because Jesus is black doesn't mean that more black folks are going to heaven as opposed to white folks. And I think it also brings into the to the uh, equation the point Omar made. It's about relationship. And the fact that this is such a huge debate and it's such a huge topic of discussion just shows that people have no idea who Jesus is. A lot of people see Jesus as a historical figure, okay? As long as you see him just as a historical figure, you're always going to wonder whether or not he was white or black. Because then it gives you maybe a, a more of a sense of purpose and a sense of identity, knowing that this guy who everybody talks about thousands of years after his death looked like me. Well, it doesn't matter because, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what he looked like because the fact of the matter is it's about relationship. And the reason why you have people who are so staunch on giving Jesus a race or giving Jesus a skin color is that they want to control the narrative. When you want to control something, it doesn't really matter whether, whether you're right or wrong. It's can I control what people think about this certain situation. And so for so many years, the use of a white Jesus has been implemented into every kind of aspect of our society, in our churches. You have churches, okay, churches with pastors and believers who know the truth, who of the Bible, but have no problem showing a white Jesus because it makes them feel better about themselves. You have historical movies where you have a showing of Jesus 
clearly as a white man, okay, and understanding he was alive and he was born and uh, he evangelized in the Middle East. Now, I don't know if you know any of you guys been to the Middle East, but usually people in the Middle East are of a darker hue. That doesn't matter whether, you know, pertaining to Jesus' uh, mission here on earth. And I think it's very, very important that for people who are believers, the Bible does not explicitly tell you what skin color you have. And I think that's for a reason. It's because it's not important. However, in terms of racial inequality, it is a necessary step for a racist system to honor Jesus as a transformational being, to honor him as the leader of the most popular religion on earth, and make sure that he is white. Because if Jesus was any other color, it destroys the systemic part of the, of the racist uh, dialogue. Because the systemic part has a educational aspect to it, it has a political aspect to it, and it has a religious aspect to it. And I think that is what is so important. If you break down that piece, the religious aspect to it, it starts to chip away at every other aspect of the racial kind of pyramid that America has been uh, operating in for such a long time. So that is what is used. It's used for the simple fact that if the highest being is white, white has to be the best race. It has to be the most important race, and it has to be the most powerful race. That's the argument, and that's what we're trying to debunk right now. All right, uh, Nate, then we're going to jump to you. So what, so what are your thoughts on um, is Jesus being depicted as white? Does that push a system of racial equality? I don't think it does. I mean, whether you whether you worship a black Jesus if you're black or white if you're white, um, I don't think it makes a difference to Jesus. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna bless someone because they're black or white. He blesses them because he blesses them. Um, I think it's I think you are thinking too much when it comes to that. Um, it doesn't look like any movie you watch on TV when it comes to Jesus. He was white. With long hair and a beard, um, you might have seen some black Jesuses, but it, but it might have been a cartoon or a joke, if you will, for what Jesus would have been. But they said, "Oh, Jesus ain't going like some folks say a black Jesus wouldn't share no fish nobody. He eats himself, you know. They have a little joke, joke here and there. Um, but I think that since all this stuff is happening in this world with racism." that we are now trying to go through every single thing in life and make it a black and oh, it's a black person or it's a white thing or everything is now being looked over all over again. So we're like, we're redoing our whole life all over again. We're now in our symbol, like not for the listeners, but us as the, uh, on the stage, we're in our, late 20s, early 30s, somewhere in our 40s. And we're now questioning, or not even questioning, but now we're having the conversation of is Jesus black or is he white? And we can have our, you go, you, you go in the Bible, the Bible doesn't say he's black or white. He may depict some things that may steer you to the direction of black or white, but it still doesn't tell you Jesus was black with wavy hair, and he wore a do-rag. It wouldn't tell you that. Okay? So we, I think we're thinking too much. As for us, as six brothers, we're too much in the spiritual world realm to even think that, I'm not saying that low, but to think that low-ish about whether he's black or white. I think the racists or the ones that want the white to have all the power in the world, they bring it up, they make a discussion so they can have something else to, to to distract us from what is really going on in this world. Because a lot of these things that they're pointing out in this world are a bunch of distractions, the cover-up for something else that's bigger. Um, bigger and better for them, bigger and worse for us as African-Americans. Good point, Nate. There, um, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Lenny here um, and ask him: Do you believe? Um, and you've 
and you can echo with some of the the thoughts that have already been said. But do you believe depicting Jesus really of any color and, and not just white? Does that cause or push the rhetoric of division in between races? Does it does it really does the depiction of Jesus cause racial tension and a separate mindset of between people? Yes, it does. Because, um, like when John said about slavery, they power, like, uh, and they believe white was power because they believe Jesus was white, and they believe, and they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Most High God. So, hey, if God is white, then white is powerful than any other race. So, um, I agree with. Um, with Omar a lot, and I agree with John and, and Rob, and Nate also, uh, bits and pieces of those, um, but I believe it, do, it, do, um, it is the power struggle. It's the power struggle, and if it's uh, if God is white, then he's with white people, and white people will take over uh, from there. But um, I think that's really my point. I really don't have nothing to add to it, but I believe that that's the color did change um the atmosphere of of this of this of this country in a sense um because let's say if you put it in put him as a black man if they started off and put him as a black man we don't know what would happen maybe the black would change the whole uh uh, uh they'll come over here and and take over from there and, and do something totally different or maybe worse. We don't know. Um, so my, my idea is really it, it was just a balance of power, and they had it first. They, they took it, and, and they took it from there. All right. So that's the from from that standpoint pertaining to uh, you know whether or not Jesus was black or white, or whether the church should even care. It right. is a good point to. Uh, to kind of really, uh, I guess, hone in on how it is a divisive topic. Because, of course, the main topic, the main thing that we talked about, I think, or kind of the main thing we touched on in this discussion is that depicting Jesus as white or black is not biblical. It's more of a racial and, in some ways, a political um, way to kind of bring about the vision. Because... As the pastor talked about, and as John talked about, I you know spoke briefly about. There's power for a lot of people. There's power in believing that the Most High God and the depiction of the Most High God more resembles you than somebody else. It makes you feel better about yourself. Well, I think we can all acknowledge that God didn't really come here to make us feel better about ourselves. Jesus didn't come here to make us feel better about ourselves. He really showed us a way to be the best version of ourselves and kind of fulfill what we're put on this earth to do. I think that's more of a point than whether or not he was white or black. But I think those are good points. And I think one of the reasons why this is always going to be a, a ongoing discussion is because we see race as the immediate identifier. If you see a guy in the street, you don't talk about whether or not he had a red jacket or he had blue jeans. You talk about whether or not he's white or he's black. That's usually the first thing that people talk about. Right? Whether or not he's white or he's black. And I think the whole situation that we talk about today, pertaining to the statues, pertaining to the picture of Jesus, I really think it goes to show you uh, the racial division in this country is deep-seated. It's not going anywhere. We, but we have to bring the dialogue to you in order to really confront this issue. Uh, any last thoughts, or whether it be the statues, or whether it be Jesus, any last thoughts, guys, on one, uh, Jesus, or two, the uh, Confederate uh, statues. Any thoughts about what we talked about? I didn't get a chance to say, to say anything about um, the Jesus uh, portion, but um, I think it's really important that that we as that we as people, I think Omar was kind of piggybacking on this, that we don't let color be the difference in our salvation, um, and in terms of not trying. You know, we can paint Jesus whatever color we want to, but all but all we know that blood that he shed on that cross was red, and 
that's the blood that runs through our veins and our body, no matter what the color on the outside is. And so we got to do a good job of, of making sure that, you know, we don't get blinded um, by what people try to distract us with, with, with the color. Because Jesus, Jesus himself is not here to uh, voice or encourage um, di division because of how he, how somebody thought he, he looked. Okay, you know, a white person painted Jesus white. Let's 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 keep that clear. Okay, and so it's one of those things where um, we shouldn't be worried about that. We should be worried about what the blood of Jesus and what Jesus can do can do in our lives, not what does he look like. And if he looks like me, I'm I'm cool. If he doesn't, then I don't know if I can serve him. So it's we got to make sure that we don't get distracted um, by the importance of what Jesus is for us. Good point. Good point. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right, guys. Uh, I think we had some really, really good uh, discussion. Um, we haven't even touched the surface in really any of these two topics pertaining to the Confederate flags uh, or the uh, topic of a white or black Jesus. But we definitely want to bring the discussion to you and we welcome you guys. To go ahead and give us your thoughts. Do you think it's important that there is a depiction of a white or black Jesus? Do you think it's important that the Confederate monuments around this country are being torn down? Do you think it's even necessary? Talk to us. Be part of the conversation. Be part of the dialogue. Because that way we can be part of the solution. You can hit us up. Sixsidesoflife at gmail.com. That is sixsidesoflife at gmail.com. We'll respond to you because we really want you to be part of the conversation because, again, you can be part of the solution. Once again, I am your host, Robbins and Zume. We want to thank you for your time, taking time out of your busy day to give us a listen. God bless. Take care. And good night.